If the Denver Broncos want to get their seventh win of the season, they must start Javante Williams this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. We talk about why, even if Melvin Gordon returns, Javante Williams should be the feature back, not to mention we talk about how the Broncos must account for TJ Hawkinson and the linebackers. They need to have a bounce-back game. Plus, could Russell Wilson be heading to Denver after 2021? We'll touch on that and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bedinger. Both of us cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow and subscribe free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us on your smartphone, your TV, or your computer. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode show is brought to you by our good friends over there on location. On location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit on location exp.com slash sb56 to check it out for more information today or search super bowl on location syrup my friend look we are just 48 hours away from the broncos taking on the detroit lions at home in powerfield in Mile high we had a crossover episode with matt Derry yesterday talking about the matchup but more importantly look the broncos this week sir i'm a big believer if they want to win this game you got to start javante williams on sunday even if melvin gordon's healthy I'm with you, and I love having those two guys healthy, no doubt about it, but absolutely, I feel like Javante's earned maybe a little bit more of the lion's share of those uh, carries in the backfield there, and Cody, it's really weird, like, I- I'm pretty sure the last time the Broncos and the Lions played, the Broncos locker room had some kind of flu bug going around, I remember a bunch of players were playing sick, and a number of other guys missed the game, and now Detroit's got a flu bug going through their locker room, so... I don't know what's the deal when these two teams get together, but that's kind of that's kind of freaky. Twice in a row, these two teams playing at these just random times. It's just, it's kind of crazy. Well, usually the flu is going around in the month of December, so I think that had something to do with it. But yeah, I mean, we look at the Detroit Lions injury report. They were decimated with like six to seven guys, including Jared Goff. They all missed Wednesday's practice due to this illness that's going around the flu bug in the locker room. So, I mean, it could hold some of them out. I mean, that that is something that has a little bit of warrant on this match. We don't completely know just yet, but... Man, I tell you what, the NFL, obviously with any kind of illness that's going around, they're taking extra precautions due to COVID. But, you know, let's get into our topic of discussion. And I'm a big believer, sir. If the Broncos want to win this game on Sunday against the Lions, here's what you do. You must start Javante Williams, even if Melvin Gordon is healthy. And the reason I say that, too, when you look at this matchup on paper, the Detroit Lions defense, they're one of the worst defenses in all of football right now. And their defense, they're allowing 131.1 rushing yards per game to opposing rushing offenses. That's good for 31st in the NFL. And we're talking about a Broncos team that came off of a very, very strong rushing performance against the Kansas City Chiefs defense as well, who are much better against the run than the Detroit Lions are. They are, and, and absolutely, you're right about this, Cody. I feel like the running game has to be emphasized. I, I put out a bold predictions post on Predominantly Orange yesterday just for this game, and I think the Broncos' season high for rushing yards this year is 191. They got that in the Dallas game. And so I'm I'm calling for 250 this week. I'm calling for just a total ground-and-pound game, 120 from Javante, maybe like 80 to, 80 to 90 from Melvin, and the rest from 
uh, Mike Boone. And just really, you, you know, you have an opportunity in this game. Detroit's got a pretty young defensive front seven. So I think you've got an opportunity in this game to kind of flex a little bit what's been really working for your offense. And of course, you know, you've got the offensive line healthy. Those guys looked good last week against Kansas City in terms of just being able to pound the rock on the ground, even when it was obvious that the Broncos were kind of trying to establish that. So that's clearly working for your offense right now. And this is why you drafted Javante Williams. This is why you kept Melvin Gordon when you could have just eaten that large cap hit and and cut him or traded him. This is why you signed Mike Boone. You did this because late in the season, now you have an opportunity with three healthy backs to really wear down a defense like Detroit that's been kind of hot lately. When I kind of pose the question, right, you know, do you start Javante over Melvin Gordon? Melvin's coming back from an injury. I think that the Broncos got to ride the hot hand here. But Melvin Gordon did say something interesting in his Thursday press conference, which he met with the media, and he said he wants to come back to Denver next year as a free agent. He wants to come back, and he says one of the big reasons why is because he believes that the offensive line is very special. And for some reason, there's been Broncos fans that have been bashing the Broncos' O-line. I think that they've been actually one of the more surprising units of the entire team this season, Sarah. So I'm not going to bag on the Broncos' O-line. I think that they've been fun to watch. Quinn Miners has made some mistakes. Absolutely. We have a couple users in the comment section, even on Twitter, saying, oh, hey, Quinn Miners did this. Well, yeah, you know what? He's a young guy. He's going to make mistakes. But to tell you what, the big plays that he is making for the team, it brought home an angry run, obviously, for he and Mike Boone. So I love to see that. But one of the other keys, too, I think the Broncos need to start Javante Williams this week, Sarah. He's been a workload for them. He's obviously been very productive. But I feel like you got to take the need to win out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands. And Denver right now, and one reason I say this, Denver was very efficient at the beginning of the season in terms of turnover differential. They're minus one TO differential, which is good for 19th right now in the NFL. And a lot of that, Sarah, lately has been due to Teddy Bridgewater. So take the need to have to win a game out of his hands, run the ball well, play good defense. And look, I think that's the formula here for this Broncos team. And that, quite honestly, might might even open up some of these downfield passes that we've been hoping for, Cody, with, with just being able to establish a ground game, being able to kind of impose your will early, get out to an early lead. Now, not that you would experiment. I mean, let's let's be honest here. The Detroit Lions are still an NFL team with NFL coaches and NFL yep. players, and these guys are still getting paid to play. But I mean, what I what I can't for lack of a better term, I mean, this kind of a game might give you the opportunity to experiment in a way with with Teddy Bridgewater and kind of test his limitations a little bit. Like you said, take the need to to win the game out of his hands, put it on your running backs to win this game, get up to a two to three score lead early on, and then kind of allow Teddy Bridgewater to, to test downfield, to take some of those shots, to really do some of the things that he hasn't proven that he's able to do. Because if this Broncos team is going to make the playoffs, and right now that's still the goal of Broncos country. Yes. This team, they're six and six. They've got an opportunity, like I said early in the week, 11 and six until we ain't so Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to push the ball downfield if the Broncos are going to have any sort of success down in the stretch this season so I'm with you Cody I say take the take the you know need to win out of his hands and and stop him from forcing things down the field but give him the opportunity to test that by really establishing a strong ground game and we know Javante and Melvin and Boone they're going to be able to help you do that Boom, I'm with it. Broncos country, if you're with it, let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube. Lockdown Broncos, like I said, make sure you're subscribed. But coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and myself, we're going to talk about the Broncos linebacking unit and why they need a bounce back game this week, especially going against Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, are good friends over there at On Location. And ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl 56 is just under 100 days away. And On Location wants to take you all the way 
Fenway to Los Angeles. They are the official hospitality partner of the National Football League, and they're the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket experience and package all together. So you get to select your exact seats at SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56. You can also choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration that we see every single year at the Super Bowl on TV. And we was like, wow, we wish we were there. Well, now you get an opportunity to do that with On Location. And it also connects you to NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food that's chefed up by the great Wolfgang Puck. That's great quality food in Los Angeles. And you can visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or you can search Super Bowl On Location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56, or search Super Bowl On Location today and take yourself, you and your family, all the way to Los Angeles SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56. Who knows who's going to be playing in that matchup, but the Super Bowl experience is always fun, and On Location is going to help get you there. And our good friends over there at Bill Bar, ladies and gentlemen, the best pro- tasting protein bar that is out there on the market here today. You hear it from Sarah and myself all the time. It's healthy for you. It tastes great. It's the best of both worlds, both delicious and healthy. And they have so many amazing flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor. And for the holiday season, they have an eggnog flavored Bill Bar Puff. So be sure to check that out if you like eggnog. I'm more of a peanut butter brownie guy myself. We know that Sarah liked the white chocolate cheesecake puff that they just released as well. So they have your regular flavors plus the limited time flavors that you get there at built.com. And Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. That is for you if you need to go out the door, if you're having a busy day or like me, before I work out, I always have a Built Bar. And sometimes after a workout, if I haven't had anything before, if I had a really nice breakfast, I will have a Built Bar to help kind of refuel me after I go through and I sweat it out and when the weight room or even on the Peloton, that's one thing I do there. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're friends with Santa Claus, have him throw you a couple of boxes of Built Bar into those stockings today by going to Built.com. And when you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off your next order at Built.com. All right, Sarah, continuing on in the second half action on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, thank you so much for making Locked on Broncos your first listen of the day every single day and your favorite podcasting provider or here on YouTube. If you're not already subscribed, it would mean the world to both Sarah and myself. If you would go up there, hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date all season long. There is no true offseason for the football fan, and we have you covered all year long, Locked on Broncos. Sarah, my friend, one of the key matchups I is really looking forward to watching. I'm glad that you mentioned it here. TJ Hawkinson. I remember there's this discussion in the NFL draft about TJ Hawkinson, Noah fan, right? Iowa products at the tight end position. So I know for you as a big Iowa fan, you're looking forward to this game, but the Broncos linebacker is going to have to have a bounce back game. And what are some of the reasons why you believe this is going to be the case here on Sunday against this Detroit Lions football team? Yeah, Cody, this is uh, it's a big game for Iowa Hawkeyes fans to see these two guys back on the field together. Uh, not necessarily at the same time, but back on the field. I'm sure they'll do some kind of jersey swap or whatever after the game. But yeah, after that Kansas City game, you know, I feel like that was really the first kind of, I would say, bad game from Kenny Young and Baron Browning. And I think obviously Andy Reid is the master of pre-snap motion, really disguising his true intentions for a play. And of course, Travis Kelsey didn't exactly have the best game against the Broncos last week, but what he's able to do, Cody, running underneath and and doing all those different mesh concepts and doing all the sort of different things that he does over the middle of the field and and the running backs and wide receivers pre-snap for Kansas City, you can't help but wonder if Detroit and and Anthony Lynn, and they're going to try to kind of copy a lot of those concepts against the Broncos. And I feel like the the Chiefs caught Baron Browning out of position a couple times, you know, maybe, maybe paying a little too much attention to Travis Kelsey maybe the same for Kenny Young as well so uh, 
TJ Hawkinson, Cody, is an, an awesome player. And of course, you know, he had uh, a couple of injuries early on that kind of limited what he was able to do. And of course, now, you know, tight end or the, his quarterback is really kind of limiting what he's able to do. But man, he is a playmaker and he's somebody that you have to account for. He's, he's, I don't know if he's number one receiver on the Detroit Lions with Amon Ra St. Brown the way that he's playing, but man, you almost have to treat him as a number one. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, how these linebackers play him. You've got an athlete in Baron Browning that can definitely keep up with him for sure. Well, not to mention this. This is interesting as well, because I remember we, we spoke with Matt Derry, and I believe he mentioned something. I think Dan Campbell's now calling the offensive plays here for the Detroit Lions, and Anthony Lynn mm. got stripped of his play-calling duties, which I know under Anthony Lynn, he loves going to tight ends. So under Dan Campbell, is this going to change? I, I believe Dan Campbell wants to run the football more, right? So that means we're probably going to see a lot of T.J. Hawkinson as a blocker, but you know, from that standpoint, too, where they line him up, they line him up outside, they line him up in line, they also line him up as that kind of that sniffer and that wing and they'll bring him back underneath the formation which is super critical for what you mentioned about Kenny Younger Baron Browning being able to identify because he could get out to the flats and if those guys get caught underneath he's going to be wide open for big gains so you're going to have to really worry about that I think specifically on second down plays I also think on third down plays and when you get to the red zone hopefully that's not the case here we'll talk about the red zone why it's big for the Broncos defense and offense this week against a Lions team that's just really bad on the offensive side of the ball the defensive side of the ball when they get to the red zone when they're defending in the red zone we'll get that a little bit later but that's huge but right now coming into this matchup you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown we talk about him we talk about Josh Reynolds as being those receiving options for them be prior to all this prior to the emergence of those guys being involved in the offense more and probably under Dan Campbell TJ Hawkinson was is still to this day the leading receiver with 500 something yards 583 yards and four touchdown catches this season for the Lions so they've not been a very productive unit but he's been their most productive guy in terms of receiving yards now that's changed the last couple of weeks but right now he still has that that favor there. So I love that. I think it's critical for the Broncos if they're going to have success here against TJ Hawkinson. But, you know, even the other thing too, Sarah, I, I think with TJ Hawkinson, I think he's a really good blocker, right? Whereas mm-hmm. Noah Fant, probably not the best blocker in the NFL, probably not the best blocker when we cut, talk about Iowa tight ends. But you mentioned this as well a couple episodes ago when we talked about the Broncos need to involve Noah Fant more in the offense. You got to use him as that receiver. He may not be the best blocking tight end. I did feel like, though, against Kansas City, I thought he blocked relatively well. I thought it was his better game as a blocker. But you got to utilize him as a receiver. So, on the flip side of it, how can the Broncos maybe utilize Alberto Noah Fant this week against this Detroit Lions linebacking unit? I'd love to see a lot more of those mesh concepts over the middle of the field, Cody, with maybe, you know, Fant and, and Albert O getting kind of setting up initially as blockers and using the running game again to your advantage, setting up initially as blockers and then releasing over the middle of the field. Those two guys, I'm shocked that the Broncos aren't using this more often, but there's no way that there's that many linebackers in the NFL that can keep up with those two guys. It's just, it's, I just don't see how it's really possible. You're talking about 6'4", 250, 6'5", 260, whatever Alberto goes, and a 4'5", or faster speed. I mean, these guys are insane athletes, so you've got to get them dragging across the middle of the field. That makes Teddy Bridgewater's life so much easier, right? He doesn't have to hit them in stride 40 yards downfield. He's got to hit them over the middle of the field, working to their left or to their right, and he's just got to make a throw that gets it right out in front of right out in front of them. 
and let them continue running at full speed because those guys are going to be able to increase the number of big plays that this offense has. I don't have the official number in front of me, but man, I can't imagine the Broncos are anywhere near the league leaders in explosive plays this year. Maybe we don't know that stat because we're afraid to look it up and see what the actual <laughs> number is, but it's just, it, it's, it doesn't require Teddy Bridgewater having 40 yards of air under the ball for the Broncos to have a 40 yard play. And I think Noah Fant and Albert Okwebunam, there are two guys that we talk about Noah Fant not being used in an earlier episode this week correctly. I think Albert O is another guy that's not really being used correctly either. I mean, those two guys, in my opinion, are our assets in a big, big way. You have such an opportunity to exploit different ways that, you know, keeping those linebackers on the field for the Detroit Lions, you want to make them regret having linebackers on the field when you run two tight end sets. You don't necessarily want them to be playing into their advantage and their strength by being able to just attack the line of scrimmage the entire game. So take advantage of that. Leave them in for a couple of those delayed block plays where they run those uh, those drag routes over the middle of the field and see if they can't get man-to-man coverage with a linebacker or a safety. And frankly, they're they're faster than most linebackers and safeties. And Teddy or whoever the quarterback is, please lead them into the pass too. Don't throw it behind them. Don't throw it to their body. Lead them so they can catch it, get upfield, and make a move. That's what we're talking about here. That's how you can use the Broncos tight ends on the offensive side of the ball. Sarah, I love it, my friend. But you know, another thing that I love and I hope that it improves for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball, the red zone. Yes, we're going to talk about the red zone, why the red zone will be critical in this matchup against the Detroit Lions on Sunday for the Broncos offense and defense. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there at Stance. And ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard of Stance. They're an apparel company that has very comfortable clothing, socks, underwear, and they also have a lot of great partnerships with some really unique brands like the Wu-Tang Clan, Star Wars, and much more. But let me tell you a little bit more about Stance. And one of the reasons I love Stance is because I'm a sock guy, sir. And one thing I've asked for for the holiday season is socks. And I love comfortable socks. I used to have a wide variety of socks in my drawer that were uncomfortable and they were fuzzy. But, you know, this is silky, smooth, soft apparel. And that is where Stance brings that value today. And Stance was also founded in 2009. And Stance Apparel, they represent a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. So for like you and myself and anybody who's active in terms of going out, hiking, jogging, working out, Stance has a lot of apparel that is necessary for you if you want to be comfortable while wearing really good apparel there. So that's why we rock with them. And they have a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. And Stance brings in a typical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in-style and self-expression apparel because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. We mentioned some of those other sponsorships and designs, partnerships that they have, obviously, with The Office. We know that there's a lot of Office fans out there. We see it on Twitter all the time Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, NBA, Major League Baseball, Pixar, Marvel, Disney, as well as the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm always a Wu-Tang Clan guy myself, sir. So that is the comfortable apparel that they have, and I want you to check it out today at Stance. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good, they do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase today by using promo code Locked on 15%. You can do that and use that at checkout to apply it today. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. 
All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, you can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast. And just real quick, if you're a user and listener of Lockdown Broncos and you use Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to both Sarah and myself. If you would go to Apple Podcasts, if you would leave a five-star review telling us why you love the show, we'll give you a shout-out here on air. And plus, if you leave your Twitter handle in that review, it enters you into any future contest giveaway that we will be doing. Appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to Lockdown Broncos to hear Sarah and I discuss about the team that you root for on Sundays. Sarah, real quick, my friend, the red zone, we talked about that. And I want to spend a little bit of time on here because there's also a guy by the name of Russell Wilson that maybe could help the Broncos in the future in the red zone. We got some news, some rumors, some speculation on that. But the red zone is going to be crucial for the Broncos if they want to win against the Lions here. And I want to point out some interesting numbers here. The Broncos red zone defense, Right now, top 10. It's ninth in the NFL, allowing 53.9 scoring efficiency by opposing teams. That's pretty good. They're going against a Lions red zone offense that scores in the red zone about 50% of the time, tied for 29th in the NFL. And when you think about 50%, Sarah, it's like, all right, you know, one out of two times they're going to come away with points. Hopefully the Broncos can limit that opportunity here this week. It depends on what the Lions are able to do to get down the field, which they have not been very good at right there. But then the other number here, when the Broncos have the ball on the offensive side of the ball, their red zone offense is 27th in the NFL. Not very good, as we know. We've watched every game. It's not been very good. 52.5% of the time, they're, they're coming away with points on a drive in the red zone. They're taking on a Lions red zone defense that allows 71.1 scoring efficiency by opposing teams. That's tied for 29th in the NFL. So if the Broncos can somehow get to the red zone, they have to punch it in. And it all goes to, to run the football well, the offensive line blocking well. And more importantly, the quarterback, quarterbacking really well. I know it's generally vague here, but looking at this game, I think it's pretty simple. The Broncos, this is an area they have to improve. This late in the season, if you want to get to the playoffs, you're going to have to be better in the red zone. I don't think there's going to be any argument on that. But even kind of shifting that, that's going to be a key for the Broncos here. In my opinion, Sarah, I wanted to address here, and I'm glad you brought it up because I almost forgot about it. Russell Wilson. There were some speculative reports over the last couple of days that Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks would be willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to teams like the New York Giants, the New Orleans Saints, and the Denver Broncos. Key word, Denver Broncos being the only AFC team and having the most available cap space amongst those two and is ideally a better situation. So if Russell Wilson wants to go to Denver, Sarah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I'd be all about that, Cody. I mean, the just thinking about that and getting closer to that time, you know, we're here in December and of course the NFL official offseason doesn't start until March, right? But we know that these trades can go down beforehand in terms of just being it's able usually to be December. Agreed upon. Usually <laughs> usually around this time. So so hey, I'm just saying, I mean, the the fact that Russell Wilson's camp is putting this out there now is going to get these other executives and teams kind of thinking towards the future, like what do we need to do to make sure this, this happens? And of course, like the, the new Orleans saints, they're masters of manipulating the salary cap. So who knows how they would figure out a way, but I'm sure they would figure out a way. They're like 60 million over the cap next year, but they were last year too. So who knows how they figured that all out. And I just feel like for the Denver Broncos, this team, we talked about it after that chiefs game, just when that was just fresh and everything just felt so raw, like, Man, if the Broncos had a quarterback that could play, I mean, they would be – I think they would have just taken the Chiefs to the woodshed, you know, in that game. Yeah. And that's not a slight to the Chiefs. I think the Broncos are actually that good, you know, in terms of their roster right now. And my good buddy Nick Kendall, I know you know Nick Kendall, and he put it one way that I thought was really good one time. He, he, he was talking about just like roster construction in general, and he's like, there's really no perfect roster 
in the NFL. And the more that I thought about that, the more I was like, yeah, that's that's accurate. You know, it's it's a lot about the war on attrition over the course of a season. But man, if you look at the 2022 Denver Broncos, the players that are already under contract, the guys who are going to be on the team, you look at that crew and you add Russell Wilson to that mix. I mean, I'm not saying perfect roster, Cody, but I I, I think you're pretty darn close you've got all the elements you've got more than what the broncos had when peyton manning came aboard in 2012 when he signed his contract in denver so i imagine and i tweeted this out too peyton manning should be recruiting russell wilson as soon as the as soon as he can if he's not already i know he's already doing that that's what the manning cast was really for exactly i mean i was just gonna say he already got him on the manning cast and man i mean we know peyton likes the scheme and and he could definitely bring listen people talk about big markets all the time and i get that russell wilson has a very high profile wife who is a big time celebrity and and all that type of stuff but man if you're talking just about in terms of nfl platform like um Patrick Mahomes is a big time star in Kansas City. We've seen a lot of other other small market. There's no small market in the NFL anymore. The NFL yeah. will make you big no matter where you are. And Peyton Manning is the face of the league. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> keep, let's keep that. You know, we're just gonna keep rolling. The dog, you know, the dog <laughs> liked what you said. The dog. Do we well, love man? I yeah, will say this though, Sarah. I will say this though. This isn't a Carmelo Anthony Lala situation. Sierra is big, right? Russell Wilson is big. I, I, I threw the question out there. You look at the New Orleans Saints. You look at the New York Giants. The New Orleans Saints don't have any wide receivers. Michael Thomas, I don't even think he's going to be on the team next year for the Saints. There's turmoil there. They don't have skill players there. They don't have a lot of money. Now, I think ideally, culture, you have a great coach in Sean Payton. Don't get me wrong. The New York Giants, I think you would just have shakiness in terms of leadership and front office. Yeah, you have some wide receiving talent, Kenny Galladay, Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and then you have Saquon Barkley. That's appealing there. But you have a defense that also struggles, that, that has struggled so far this season. You have inconsistency in terms of offensive scheme there. I don't think that makes it there. I, I think that the Broncos are going to make a change at OC. But when you look at what Russell Wilson wants to do after football, right? He said he wants to have ownership stake in some team. He wants to be able to do that. He wants to be able to understand the ownership process better. And he wants to go to a place where he can have some organizational input. Out of those three destinations, which team do you think would allow Russell Wilson to have organizational input? I think the Denver Broncos. And I think also for George Payton, where he is at, the collaborative approach, I think that gives the Broncos at least the most appeal on paper. So... Ah, you never know though, Sarah. So Broncos country, let us know what you think. Would you like what Russell Wilson in a Denver Broncos uniform? Because look, the reality of it looks a little bit more feasible as each day passes here. Obviously a lot of season left here for both teams. I know that the Seattle Seahawks are probably out of the playoff hunt as it stands today, but you know what? They're heading towards a rebuild and what better way than to send a, a player that you value on the franchise to a team where he has a chance to win. I think right now between the Saints, between the Giants and the Broncos, I think the Broncos right now are probably the most appealing team on paper. So Broncos country, let us know what your comments are in the YouTube comment section. Let us know your thoughts there. We'll share them as well. We'll respond to it. But also in the meantime as well, that'll wrap up today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. The next time you're going to hear Sarah and myself, you're going to see us as well, is on the Sunday postgame report when the Denver Broncos take on the Detroit Lions. Can the Broncos come in with their seventh win of the season? They'll have to accomplish a lot in order to do that, but we're going to have you covered on the postgame report here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast.